Hi everyone, Daniel Ramsey here, the CEO of My Outdesk and the host of Scale the Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to having conversations that unlock the exact formula and strategies multi-million and billion dollar companies use to scale their business. You can visit me on our website at scalethepodcast.com or listen to this podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Today's podcast is different. It's not primarily about business. It's interesting because we have a survivor from the Maui fires. I mean, a good friend of mine, I've known him more than a decade, actually was in the middle of it and with his family. And it's interesting because there's tons of failures, disaster prepared stuff that wasn't done by the city, by the the state, the fire, the mayor. And it's really an interesting conversation on what it's like to be in a natural disaster for an entrepreneur with your family and how to survive a situation like that. That's what today's podcast is about. Enjoy this. You're even dressed for the conversation. I like it. Well, there's Uh, not much of dressing. This is is what I wear every day. (laughs) Okay, let's dive in. We only have an hour and your story probably will take every single minute of it. Um, But yeah, you wanna kick us off with what happened? Yeah. So, um, uh, my family and I decided to go uh, visit uh, a neighbor Island. I live in Oahu where we jumped on the plane to, to get in Maui. We were planning on spending a week. We landed on Tuesday. Um, we had this great plan and moduled every day. And then we decided that day, let's go up to the up country in Kula and, um, check things over there. And, you know, got a rental car, put a, uh, Google Maps, you know, Google Maps takes me around this like small road. It was kind of odd. Um, and I turn on the radio, kind of like, listen, it was very windy and trying to listen to what's going on and found out that there was some brush fire going on up in up country. And we decided, okay, well, let's pivot from there. Let's go closer to where our Airbnb is because we had gotten there like around 10, 30, 11, and we couldn't get into our Airbnb until four. So we said, okay, let's just drive closer and go somewhere on the beach. And we stopped at a restaurant um, and we didn't eat. We just looked around this area that's really nice. And then we said, oh, let's go closer. And and then was we like maybe about five minutes away from that restaurant, the next place didn't have any electricity. So I was like, oh, that's weird. So we drove all the way to um, to our Airbnb around the Airbnb. And we found out that everything around there was closed because they didn't have electricity since like 6 a.m. Wait, surprisingly, wait, what about cell phones? When did that? Did you time, still have still have cell phones? Yeah. So so at the time we still have. So we drove. We said, OK, well, there's no food around here. There are people waiting in line at Safeway. So. Uh, so, yeah. So we drove up there to um, to the Ritz to see if there's any food there. So we found only the pool restaurant had food. And it was funny because we. Uh, you, could, you could tell the starting the chaos has started. So now you're you know, in this like pool restaurant, you order, you, you show up, one waiter says, um, well, we're not taking any cards because the cards are not working, but we'll take cash or we'll take room room, room uh, charge. And then um, we sit, we said, okay, great, we'll pay cash. And then another couple comes in and then they tell them, oh, we don't take any cash. So just room charge, literally within like two minutes, two different waiters within wow. the same little area are confused about what's going on. So you could tell 
even these like large properties, big corporations are not prepared for this. Mm-hmm. They just don't have any mechanism or systems to deal with um, natural disasters, even though they're on an island that is known for hurricanes and natural disasters. So it was just weird to me. Uh, and so we, we we went from there. We went to our property. We uh, we uh, uh, we got in there. There's no electricity, so you know there's no water. We ran out of cash. We just spent all our fruit, all our money on a couple burgers at the Ritz, thirty bucks a pop. And I said, okay, I need to go find us some water, food, and cash. And so I dropped uh, my wife and the kids at the residence, and I said, okay, it's it's it takes about thirty minutes, forty five minutes to get there and come back, and let's say another thirty minutes at Costco. And I said, okay, I'll give it two hours. So I left them around four, uh, thinking at six, I can come back, I'll bring dinner and everything. So it took me about, it took me about seven hours to get back. And so that's where everything started. So we, as soon as I drove away around four, I had no idea. So no one knows anything at this moment. And there are fires raging. There's a lot of craziness. Roads are being close at different parts at different times so when i was leave when i left the uh, the kind of poly area uh, going toward uh uh toward where costco is where town is uh it, it I, I took a road coming in but that road was closed so it was diverted inside lahaina old lahaina where all the deaths have happened so essentially because they shut down all the roads i was forced to that drove drive there and and i was literally just kind of like playing a pac-man game where i'm trying to figure out how to get because google map will take me one way and i find it closed and i go around and i go find another way and it's closed and i try to my own way and it's a curl sack so i kept just doing that for three hours within this area and not knowing that there's a massive fire going on and just because i didn't sit still i kept moving i didn't know what was going on and then the radio didn't say anything the no one knows anything really. And people were just stuck on this road. So what happened? What time is this? Is this is like three or this four is like o'clock? Around 435, 5, 6, like around that period, because I didn't get to Costco until about 630. So between 330 to 6:30, I was just in that in, in that area, which is was essentially they had police on the north side in Catapoli shutting down the road. And they had police on the south side of Lahaina shutting down the road and then they shut down this other road from the top. So the only thing, so people were stuck in the middle and the locals were essentially trapped, which I feel like horrible because a lot of people just didn't know they, they were waiting. A lot of people just waiting in traffic thinking that this is going to be opened up and the people locals just didn't know what was going on because they didn't have, a, now there's no cell phone. There's no communication there. There weren't a lot of cops. It was just a few guys that were locking the road and then, pretty much jamming everybody into this one little area, which the most flammable part of the island, because this is an old Lahaina town and all the construction is almost like, you know, plastic, like old construction. It's like a shanty town. That's nice. Yeah. And, and so it's easy. You just put a fire and then it's, it's flammable. Which I didn't know that parts of it were burning like crazy while we're I'm in it. And I just didn't know that like, few blocks away there was there were fires and people were dying and crazy was, was there smell smoke you you didn't there was see a lot that? of smoke and a lot of wind so i think a lot the wind was hiding a lot of the stuff because mm-hmm. it was so crazy windy the whole day 
And yeah. we would see like the electric poles moving and the electric cords moving and you could see all that stuff. So you're just thinking it's just part of the fire, part of the dust. Maybe it's part of the fire that was going, the brush fire that's up north in up country. So you're not thinking that's like so close to you because literally as soon as I left, our whole thing just blew up. Like probably, I, I was probably between 10 and 15 minutes away from just being engulfed in fire right there. Being trapped. Like, in the middle of and burnt yeah like because it's like when it's when it when it when it caught on it caught on it's almost like a like a bomb that blew up and it's mm -hmm. very quick so people were trapped on that road and then pushed into the ocean they had nowhere to go because the cops had stopped on one end and stuff and it, it was clear that the cops were not talking to each other there's no communication um we found that the the water hydrants didn't have any water uh, later, I find out this later. With why the why did they not? I mean, the fire hydrants. I guess there was there was some some so there some there's a theory. There's not now. There's a guy that everybody's going after who actually stopped the release of water because he needed a DOK from this farm, this taro farm up upland, and there was like some water rights issue, and this guy literally decided unanimously that he was not going to release the water until he checks with somebody. It's a super bureaucratic, you know, just kind of like negligent stupidity, you know, unpreparedness. Like the whole situation was pretty much a product of probably the last two, three years of not preparing the people, not having the systems in place, not having the 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 process procedures and processes and the and and the uh, um, remediation kind of efforts. Uh, but so, yeah, so I, I drove out of there. I went to Costco, the Kohului town where Costco is and where the airport is like felt like nothing was happening. Felt everything was normal. Nothing was going on. People were living their whole life. They had no idea what was going on, that there was like this horrendous thing happening with people. Now they're probably going to be like hundreds of people dying. People over there had no idea because there's no communication. Mm. Everything was shut down. The radio stations you know, like at least you would you would have the cops talking to the radio station. The firefighter department should have somebody at the radio station talking to people because they don't have cell phone, they don't have electricity, they don't have internet, nothing. So none of that was happening. So I'm driving. I had no idea. I had no idea what was going on. All I know, maybe the fire had stopped and electricity's back on. But I can't talk to my wife. I can't talk to anybody. I thought her phone was dead. I kept emailing her or emailing kids. And I just couldn't talk to them. So uh, okay, I need to go back. I go. I drive back the same way I came. The 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 road now is shut down. There's just a, a lot of traffic. Just people. The the road was a parking lot, and um, maybe twice we had a cop car split us and go in the middle. Maybe twice. There's not a lot of. I didn't see a lot of motorcycles. I didn't see a lot of uh, helicopters. I didn't see any motorcycle, any helicopter. Not a ton of fire trucks. Two ambulances and maybe a cop. That's it. And so it felt like super light for the event that was going on and taking place. It was it was crazy. And so I so I literally was going like inch by inch for probably about an hour, an hour and a half. And then I said, okay, this thing is gonna be shut down for a while. So I I looked at my map, my Google map, it it, it suggested a different route. And that route was gonna take two hours. And I mean, I'm literally 30 minutes away from the place. Now it's giving me like a two hour ride to go around the island. What road was that? What road was that? Because we're going to put it up 
on yeah, the YouTube channel. They call it Death Death Road. If you put Maui Death Road, that's the one. And so you, and then so going from sounds all safe. the way from that sounds it's not super safe. safe. <laughs> no, you die. <laughs> so it was actually interesting because I got all the way, I drove back to the entry. So it took me about 45 minutes to get there to get to the entry of that road. And there was a cop right there stopping people from getting in. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it were there were probably about 20 to 30 cars in front of me, and every person walks, talks to the drives to the cop, talks to the cop, and then does a U-turn around the cop and comes back. And I'm like, every person, 100%. The guy in front of me got into an argument with the cop. So the cop was mad by the time I got to him. And I told him, listen, I have to go. I can't, I can't, I can't be here. I need, I have a wife, I have two kids. They're in the dark. They don't have any food. They don't have any water. They don't have a cell phone. They have internet. And they're scared and they don't know what's going on. So I need to go. He said, I can't let you go. You're going to die. And I'm like, I'll take my chances. He said, no, dude, the road is like, I, I don't care. I'll take my chance. So I was the only guy that he let. Oh, like there were hundreds of people lined up. So I, I went through, I had no idea what the, the why do you think, like. why do you, first of all, why do you think he allowed you to go through? Cause there's something interesting in that lesson. I would, I would just, I, I guess I was clear. I was persistent and I was just clear in, in my, you know, uh, it was a human connection. You could tell, you know, obviously has kids and can tell the idea of his kids being in the dark with no food, no water. And I mean, there's a human connection there. And, um, and I was just serious. I was just telling him that there's no, I, I, there's no way for me to go back. Cause I was like, what am I going to do? He said, just find a spot and park and sleep in the car. I'm like, there's no way I'm going to go sleep in the car with my wife by herself, with her kid, with the kids and in the dark with no food, no water, no money, no, no car. You know I mean? The, the, it was insane. Like there, there's no way this is going to happen. So he kind of, I don't know, felt it and, um, and he let me go and, and I went and this road was getting crazier and crazier and narrower and narrower, tighter and tighter, more dangerous, less road and just more of a, um, uh, dirt. And, uh, and, you know, I had these situations where there are big trucks coming the other way and then we have half a road that we have to split. So, the, you know, I'm, I'm putting my wheel on like a, a six inch uh, ledge edge on against the the canyon, and then he gets two wheels on the on the on the on the mountain, and then we kind of try to you know uh, uh, move around each other in in the in the pitch dark, and um, so we had three of those situations where we're almost gonna like you know you could be like uh, an inch away from you know falling, and I had no idea what was going on on the other side until later when I saw it, and. Uh, so yeah, so I made it all the way. Uh, took me about two and a half, three hours, going twenty miles an hour, and and I got to the kids, and uh, the kids were sleeping. My wife was awake, and then um, we just went to sleep. And then pretty much about four hours later, the sirens in the building started, and they evacuated us. They said, "Hey, you know, grab some of your stuff, and then let's prepare to evacuate. We don't know yet, but let's prepare." And we looked at it, we kind of made the decision. We talked about it for five seconds and then said, you know what, let's grab everything and let's go. And so essentially at that moment, we decided that it's this is not going to be a temporary move. This is going to be like, that's it, we're done. And some people did. And they were stuck there for like three days. And we said, okay, let's get our stuff, get in the car. And there were a lot of people that were trapped in the building because they didn't have cars. A lot of people go to kind of poly. Uh, without a rental car and they just say we're going to stay in the resort we're going to enjoy ourselves and for a week and then we'll go home so a lot of people didn't have their own transportation and they were stuck so they were literally told to just walk on the road 
on the freeway go north into what why why walk away from just away uh, just actually away from this resort area away from potential fires and so that's the idea just go walk north (laughs) now imagine coming out go walk north in hawaii by yourself without any food or water three o'clock in the morning at three in the morning with no no phone phone. yeah and no communication no no communication nothing yeah and no clear direction where to go now imagine you you've been this is your first time in maui and you don't know anything you don't have any way to communicate it's just insane or if you have kids or if you have kids little kids like what do you do with a little kid yeah yeah and we imagine if i didn't make it if i didn't convince that cop to let me through and now my wife and kids by themselves without a car Without a car, without a phone, without money, without water, without food, it's insane. And so we just took, so we we drove. We thought about it for two seconds, and I said, you know what? I just came back through that road. It's an insane road, but that's the way. You know, the way out. Let's just do it. So so we we went, and a few cars followed us. And we created this little train. So when you have a little train, anybody that's come the other way is going to stop for us. And um, it took us about three hours. And around 6.30, 7-ish, um, we got to the other side. You know, we drove like even slower than I did the first time. Um, and uh, But luckily, I knew what to expect from there. So I was a little bit more confident in taking that same road four hours later. And, uh, and yeah, we made it to the other side, called the airline um the airlines were confused they didn't know what to do how to do things and we said okay let's just show up at the airport and change our flight we're gonna fly on saturday but then change them to wednesday and luckily we you know spent a couple hours talking to customer service and they changed our flight and we moved we 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 came home but um yeah i think a lot of it was seemed to be that the people in charge or um the, 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 there was no uh, disaster relief, disaster response coordination. There's no training. There's no awareness. There were no systems and tools. Um, and, and it's surprising because I've, you know, this is an island that's prone to fires because it's a dry, uh, dry island. It's not, it's not uncommon. They have arson all the time. They have fires all the time. They have hurricanes. They're very common. I was at a hurricane in 2018, Hurricane Olivia. I was there. Uh, so we had, we were trapped for like four days. So it's very, fam- it's, it's not, you're on an island. You're going to get hurricanes and you're five hours flight from anywhere else. So you would say you should have systems, disaster relief systems that are like other states should be learning from, mm. not the other way around. And I felt, you know, I've, uh, you know, I lived in California. So in Orange County, we had fires, we had earthquakes, we had, we had stuff. And uh, mudslides. So, in, and I was telling my wife, we've been together for 12 years and we've been through like four or five natural disasters, earthquakes and fires and a couple of earthquakes, a couple of hurricanes. So uh, this is not uncommon. This is, people think of it as, oh, it's a surprise. It's not a surprise. These things happen and you have to have a process and procedures and, and FEMA has a program for neighbors to, to get certified in how to take care of themselves and how to take care of their neighbors. So the, the, the knowledge is out there. The infrastructure is out there. There's no excuse for all these breaks uh, to happen from 
Uh, cops not commu- cannot communicate with each other. Firefighters not knowing which fire they had put down, which one because they had announced that one fire was down, but it wasn't. Um, the city not communicating with the public, you know, through any mean they can, whether text or or radio or whatever. There's no reason for cell phones to be down for like few days. You know, there should be uh, redundancy in terms of getting. We have satellite satellites that do cell phones now you should be able to have some redundancy in there to bring communication back within a few hours um electricity being down for that long um hotels not having generators or enough generator fuel which they run out very quickly um you know residences with multiple um multiple uh, elevators not having enough um generators or generator fuel to 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 last for more than 18 hours, you know, um, there's like so many things. It's just like, in, you know, it's, it, it, for me, it was criminal negligence. You know, these people didn't have to die. These properties didn't have, I'll say property can be destroyed. Let's just say, I'll give you that, you know, fire comes fast, but people didn't have to die. I, 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 I'm 100% certain if they had just opened one way of the road and just let people go one way, and get out of there and communicate with people that they needed to get out of there, um, they would have gotten out of there. It's not a, yeah. It, it, so they, 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 it was criminal negligence that they trapped people in this area that was going to turn into a fireball. Wow. One of the things that we talked about is you felt like there were massive lessons for your kids. You have young kids like I do. And I'm typically asking business leaders like yourself, business advice, right? You know, or like, what do you do, you know? Uh, And this is something completely different, but I think your story is so interesting. What, what do you think the top three, four lessons for that that you want your kids or my kids or the listeners, families, the husband, what, what do you want us to learn from this? Yeah. So I, and one of the things we talked about it with the kids for like a few days later, you know, number one is never take no for an answer. Um, you know, persist, ask, beg, you know, find a different door, find a different window, find a way to get through. Don't assume that, you know, uh, don't assume anything, you know, um, you know, people say something and then you assume that that road is closed or they assume that there's fire on the other side, go and check for yourself. Yeah. Go and touch the thing and and check for yourself. No one knows. I, I always tell my kids this. No one knows anything because information, even if it may be correct one hour, can be incorrect the other hour. And so go verify and check. Gather your own data. Gather to investigate your own information and then go. Um, keep moving. Don't stop. Never stop. No you know, it's kind of like the herd mentality, you know, there, you know, there's a, there's a, a 10 people in a line, people walk by and say, Oh, there's might be something interesting in that line. Let me wait. Or, you know, they see, uh, they see people stopping on the road and they think, okay, well, everybody's stopping. The guy in the front might know something, then let's just wait here. And, you know, if you, if, if you see a bunch of people just parking and hanging and spending time, doesn't mean that that is the right decision. Investigate for yourself. And so don't get trapped into herd mentality and just follow what everybody else is doing because you get slaughtered like, like the herd. Um, And uh, be prepared, be prepared, you know, like have, you know, bad shit happen all the time. So have cash, you know, have cash on you, Uh, you know, be prepared, have like a flashlight, have a, uh, you know, multiple battery packs, have, 
you know, you know, ham radios or whatever. Just be prepared. There any for anything. There are always bad things happening around the world. There are good times and bad times, and the bad times can come quick. Um, they it can happen slowly until it can happen, you know, quickly. Um, if someone says no, it doesn't mean the next person is gonna not gonna say yes. So you know, if you're gonna go somewhere and someone said, you know, you know, don't trust the authority. That's the idea. So if you go to the airport and someone says you can't change your flight. You know, just move a line to another person and ask the same question. That second person is going to say, "Yeah, there is a flight, oh, and I can give you that flight." Or uh, if, did that uh, happen to you guys? Did yes, you guys, yes. You, guys you, ask, you ask three people in the same place, and they give you three different different answers. So just keep asking until you get the answer you want. You wow. know what I mean? And uh, and uh, it's it, there's so many like you know uh, some cost, uh, same cost idea so you know there are a lot of people that have um spent two three years imagining this maui vacation has you know got in shape have saved money had you know paid ten fifteen thousand dollars to spend two weeks there and now they feel like oh my god i'm gonna lose all my money you know if i don't pivot within you know i just got here let me wait it out let me wait it out and see it might clear up. It will clear up. Just give it a couple of days. You know what I mean? It will. So a lot of people are feeling that way. They say, oh, let's just wait a couple of days and see. But it may be the most nightmarish couple of days ever, and there's no out. And so pivot. You know, it's okay. You know, cut your losses. We talked about the whole aspect of, you know, uh, cutting your losses and, uh, you know, risk-reward calculation. You know, what is the risk if I stay longer and everything gets shut down and I'm trapped? And what is the reward if they open up? You know, I think the risk is much higher than, than the reward. And and so I'll I won't take that bet. I'll just, you know, I'll take a different bet. Um, so so we talked about that, just like very quick mental models that become life or debt situation within that you know, within that environment where you have to make quick decisions, you know, it's okay. Make a quick decision. If it works, it works. If it doesn't pivot, make another decision. Don't just sit there and um, indecisive and confused or hoping that someone's going to save us. They will save us. No one's going to save you. When, when shit goes down, <laughs> when things when things go wrong I, i'm telling you my wife was um went down to they were giving out some flashlights at the, the resort that we were staying and they ran out very quickly they came late they didn't know and my wife had her phone and she had like the the battery pack attached to it so she was in line and someone pointed at her saying hey watch out with that battery pack they might take it away so it got they got pretty rough very quickly. Uh, anyone who has water, water became a scarce commodity. Anyone who has, you know, battery, anyone who has food became scarce commodity. So people are start looking at each other, what they're going to take. And that's what happened. There were a lot of looting. There was a lot of looting. There's a lot of, because you couldn't, you couldn't pump gas. There was no electricity. You couldn't get water. The stores were shut down. You couldn't get anything. So people were looting and they, whatever they can find they, they'll, they'll, they'll just take so uh, there were even some young men running around the resort the building doing these wolf sounds in the middle of the night it got <laughs> it got wild 
this is stuff that you won't hear in the news. Was there other, like, you, you're not going to hear that in the news, but this is all human nature stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, when there's chaos and anarchy, the worst of it comes out. So anything yeah. else happening that, that over there? Yeah. No, I think it was just, that was just that. I think it was just a lot of people were, you know, um, a lot of people just were indecisive and they were just uh, froze and they just didn't know how to react. And um, yeah, and then there's just people that have like their evil natures came out and now they start fighting and and try to hoard stuff and, you know, try to get in or get there first. And um, yeah, it was just it was it was insane. It was a chaotic, chaotic uh, environment. And, and and it's just unfortunate that that many people, are, you know, are going to end up dead. So that's the sad part. I think for me, I think as people, uh, as we, like we were, we were talking about this, I'm moving from place to place. I was already planning on moving out of Hawaii because of the, 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 the bad governance. And um, we talked about this, how, you know, we, we have a lot of issues with basic government services. So this is where a lot of times when I tell people that you need good management, you need good governance, whether it's in the business or in government, um, it, 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 people do not do not feel it when you know when they're like it's kind of like boiling the frog slowly you, how you boil the frog so and when they're like they're in it they're it's slowly boiling they don't know that they're underserved they don't know that they're getting less for what they're paying for they're getting they're paying the highest rate of taxes in the country 16% state tax they're paying the highest consumption tax they're paying the highest um, energy tax um, they're paying the highest price for all the goods that get come in, the imported. Um, the the port is the most inefficient uh, organization, and it's like almost like a, a family-owned operation. Uh, there's a lot of corruption that that adds cost and that add, and the lowers quality and lowers the uh, optionality for people. So you go to the store, you pay more for less options or less quality. So they don't know that. It's happening. You could see it physically in the products. We it's happening in services as well. You know, like businesses have a hard time getting permits. Um, I have a project that I've been waiting for for two and a half years. We still don't know anything if it's going to work. Plan it with the planning department. Um, so all these things are making it where you're there. Less there's less business opportunity. There's less money being invested. Less uh, money being made. Uh, less resources. Less uh, uh, growth, less knowledge coming in, and and mentorship, and 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 just you know growth in general, and so they just don't know because that's all they know, and they're slowly you know in that environment they don't they just don't know what's happening. So you only these things only come up to the surface when there is a crisis or there is a disaster like Maui disaster. It was like oh, you know. You could see all the breakdowns in, you know, in all these different systems that are not talking to each other. You know, government in general is inefficient, but when you have incompetent, you know, very siloed, very um, territorial, um, you know, institutions that are just trying to protect their own fiefdoms, you have these breaks, and you have and people die, property get lost, you know, animals die, environments get destroyed, and um, and we can always point at like, oh, it's a global warming or, 
oh, it's a surprise. We didn't know, or it's a hurricane. But it's not that. It's really it's how you respond to things. Natural disasters are always going to happen. It's how you respond to it. And as, who's to blame? Like in your opinion, if as you were in it, in that moment, like yeah. if 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 they hired you, Jay, to come yeah. clean this up and fix. Yeah. Maui, yeah. what what would have to happen and who would yeah, you... Um, you know there there the you know there is a protocol for disaster relief and disaster response everything about that protocol broke so their 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 teams or their institutions that were playing a role within that protocol cops firefighters fema you know city council every everything all the different constituents that were part of that protocol all of them failed so for me it's like you have to change the management everywhere, change the culture, change the systems, change the processes. And then you have to you have to train people, you have to test the people, you have to like do dry runs every month. You have to like, you know, you have to constantly train and, and keep people on alert that anything can happen at any time, especially around this time of the season when it's known to have hurricanes and fires and stuff. So to me, that's the, that's where I would start. I would start, I would look at that protocol. And I would look at the constituents within that protocol and I will evaluate the people within these institutions. And if they're not competent, you know, they're not, they need to go and you need to hire more competent people that are going to re reset that team that they have within their organization to make sure that they're achieving the goal, which is keeping people safe. At the end of the day, that's the goal. You got to keep people safe. You got to keep uh, the fires away. They got to keep uh, the 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 crime and 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 uh, this you know the safety law and order in place and 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 all these organizations have to communicate. Someone has to be, and I'm sure they're they're supposed to have uh, like someone that 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 kind of coordinates all this communication. But that thing failed probably because of the, the the management of that organization or the breakdown of, of everybody else. So. Uh, it's it is not complex, you know. I mean, people have done this for years, and they do it every day around the world. And they don't have these kinds of you know um, silly. This is just like like dumb, stupid ways to for people to die. It's just it's just really unfortunate. So I think that's um, that's where I would go. But but then again, if you want to go a higher level, higher people have to. Um, have to engage. People have to get engaged with, you know, you know, holding their uh, their government accountable. You know, I mean, I was telling a friend of mine who's uh, born uh, here and he's a local. I was telling him if I don't see people out on the street demonstrating, you know, trying to take down this governor or this mayor or whatever, I will, I will, I will believe that people don't care. Because what happened in Maui should not have happened, and people have to be accountable for that. And whoever's going to come next needs to know that they will be held accountable if something like this ever happened. So this needs to be like a memorable. These people should not be dying in vain. This should be a, a, a big event. It's a memorable event that people were accountable. That people. This will not happen again. There will be systems in place. There will be leadership in place that will make sure that none of this. Uh, would happen again. But unfortunately, we all know, you know, what normally the way these things go is that, you know, there's a failure of governance. Uh, they blame it on some external uh, thing, which is environment or or some, you know, thing. And, you know, they ask for a lot of money. 
and they get a lot of money. They enrich themselves and their families and their multiple generations. They move on from office and someone else comes and, you know, we're relearning, relearning the same lessons again, five, 10 years from now. And, uh, and it's, it, 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 you know, it'd be a shame if that, 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 that's, that's what happened. In your, in your experience now, as you look back, you know, being in the heart of the fire and the heart of this scenario, did you make any mistakes you wish you would have changed? Not really. I mean, uh, based on the environment, the way it was, um, yeah, maybe it may make a wrong turn here, a wrong turn there, but, um, but no, actually I, there, it, I'm lucky. I think, I think I, I got lucky where things played out the way it could have got, it could have, it was a 50 50 at a lot of different points. Yeah. So I don't think I, I'm the only thing that I can say is I'm, um, I'm just grateful and, uh, and thankful that I had certain breaks and I got lucky in a certain points where I was able to, to do that, you know, to make that decision to move quicker. And yeah, maybe some places I waited for an hour and a half instead of doing a U-turn, you know, an hour earlier, but they're just part of like the whole experience. But yeah, no, I don't think there's anything that I would, you know, I would change everything about it. I would not, but I, yeah. And as far as decision-making, yeah, there's not much I, I would, I would change. Why do you think you <clears throat> did so well under that scenario and the majority of your peers that were in that got stuck, didn't work? What do you think? Yeah, I just, I, I'm, I, I've always lived with the assumption that no one knows anything. So I just, I'm just that type. I keep moving. I keep asking. I keep, you know, looking. I want to check for myself. I have like a healthy distrust of authority. I have the healthy skepticism of people's knowledge or information or awareness. And so I work under the assumption that, you know, majority of people just don't know. And they're, they're not well-informed. They're yeah. well-meaning but they're just not informed and that most people just assume things and they hear a piece of information and assume something. So if I get, if sometimes people talk to you with authority as if they know when they just have no basis of that knowledge, you just heard somebody say something. So I've, I, I've, I'm very, I'm, I'm a student of human nature. I love humans and I love, uh, we talk, you know, my kids and I were having this really fun conversation this morning about uh, personality profiles and my kids are into uh, Harry Potter. And yeah. we're telling them about how Harry Potter has a set of characters, I don't know, maybe 12 or 14 different known famous characters. And though each one of those characters has personality profiles. And usually authors have this thing where they, um, they pick from the personality, Instagram, whatever, they pick those characters with those personalities. So we start saying, from your friends, who are the characters? Or like, who are you? You know what I mean? Which, you know, like uh, my daughter, which which one are you? My son, which one are you? Who's who's mommy? Who's daddy? Who's, uh, you know, uh, the friends? And we kept going friend by friend. And then they came to realize like, oh my God, this is true. And that people are, you can see those profiles repeating. So the idea there is that if you pay attention, you're going to notice the same personality profile repeating itself. And if you're paying attention, if you learn how those profiles communicate and how they behave you can have a superpower of predicting 
people's behavior and be able to you know communicate with them effectively and if you want to lead or whatever you can do a lot more with people if you understand the 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 diversity of human profiles or human personality profiles and uh so i'm a, i love that and i'm a student of people i'm a student of behavior i'm students of uh, uh mental models and and i have a healthy skepticism of people's knowledge and so i just keep moving um, until I find out for myself and I keep, you know, I'll take 25 no's or 50 no's. I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm willing to take those no's. That's part of like, you know, being a business owner is that you're used to uh, getting rejection and until you get through what you, you want to get through. So, and you're willing to take a risk. I think there's, there's an element of risk tolerance. You're willing to take the risk to go discover for yourself and not assume that, that road is that road. <laughs> You're gonna die if you go take that road. So, um, you know. So I think that's kind of like that's what what helped is yeah. the fact that um, yeah, that I'm someone who wants like to seek for information for myself. So as we wrap up, you'd mentioned that you'd take taken this course on yeah. disaster preparedness. Yeah, we're gonna put a link to where yeah to get more information in this, but. Um, as we wrap up, like, what'd you get from that course and why do you think it's important for people to, to check that out? Yeah. Um, it was, it was fascinating. Um, it, it, the reason, the reason why I took the course is in 2013, my daughter was probably like three months and we had this lo- big earthquakes and I lived on the, on the, uh, a condo building, uh, fourth floor, and I could literally feel the, the, the building move. And it was so scary. And I, I remember myself running into the bedroom, picking up my baby and then finding my wife, you know, not really thinking what else I'm going to get, just getting out of the building. That's all I, all I did, just grab the car keys and get out of the building. And, um, and, uh, we, and, and, and we just drove away. And as I'm driving away, I was thinking, man, this is like a very inefficient, process that just happened <laughs> because <laughs> so you know what if the, the the building burned down what if because a lot of the effects of an earthquake is fire usually and and that's what usually kills people and so i said there's got to be information out there that's you know so i looked it up literally that weekend and i found out that fema had a program i think called cert c-e-r-t and you could um you could go through it and and it was a six week night you know a couple hours program and it was very deep you go into all the different types of natural disasters you how neighbors can um how uh, communication so how to when when things happen break down the communication when there's no cell phone there's no things so where are some of the tools available they teach you about how to use a ham radio they teach you how to find frequencies they teach you where what's the cops frequency and the firefighter frequency and then uh, how you as a na- neighbors can organize and can communicate uh if you know a high point on the low point you know if there's a flood you're going to go to a high point so all of you know where the high point is how to um, know the neighbor, your neighbors, and know elderly or people that have uh, are sick or maybe have pets. You know how to kind of communicate with them. How to uh, relay that information to the police or to the firefighter or be the conduit from the firefighters and the police to the people in your neighborhood. Um, and then they bring the chief of the part, the chief of police near town. You get to know them. You get to understand wow. how they operate. 
you get the firefighters, you get the FEMA guys. There are a lot of organizations that are that work that coordinate. There, 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 are, there are resources out there, but just people don't know. And and it's a good that training is a good way for them to number one get to know and get to find the contacts and you know how to build a go a go bag you know like a, a prepare bag that you're gonna grab and go uh, in case of something happens. What do you want? You want batteries? You want a ham radio? You want cash? You want your your copies of your documents? You know you want to have a copy of your passport, copy of your birth certificate, copy of your um, driver license and all your documents, you want copies there. Um, you know, there's certain things that you want to have in that go bag that you're just going to grab and go. You know, you may forget your, maybe a copy of your car keys in there. Maybe, um, yeah, so a lot of things that you can, you can just go, and then it's somewhere where you can go quickly grab and then get get out of the door. Um, and so, you know, what, what, what do you have? You're stuck in your home. You know, how much water do you need to have? How much, you know, like uh, batteries and, and food, dry food, and what kind of dry food lasts and what works and what doesn't work. Yeah. Um, you know, know where your gas line is. Know where you know, everybody in your house should know where your gas line is. Everybody in your house should know where, you know, turn off the electricity, turn off stuff around the mechanics of the house itself. And how to protect it from a fire? You know, California is is prone to that, prone to earthquakes. Um, you know, the ability to have a generator. We were in the Northern California once, and uh, there was a massive earthquake there. I think it was just last year or year before during Christmas, and the car, the house just shook. And um, and lucky the house had the generator, so it turned on, and so we we're able to to have electricity for like three four days. Um, so a lot of these things are very valuable to know. And, uh, especially when we, we all are living these natural disasters pretty much every two, three years. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Well, Jay, thanks for sharing your story. It's, it's when you first told me, it was like, it blew my mind. So I'm so glad that you came on camera with us and you shared it. I, lots of takeaways and I just appreciate you showing up today and, and telling yeah. us what really happened on Maui. Love yeah. It. And and the news that the stuff that's coming out right now is just crazier and crazier every day. I think I really hope that people really, you know, stand up and hold these people accountable because what's the news that's coming out? Like, what are you seeing? Well, the whole water thing, like they they're yeah. talking to this guy and then the whole uh, they had the sirens system and, and the cops made the decision not to turn that siren on. Um the communication breakdown, uh, the the fact that the cops were pushing people into the fire that that was written by in the in the New York Times and and stuff. So this is uh, the fact that they they had kids that uh, they closed the schools, so there were kids in their homes because that shut down the schools, and they essentially trapped these kids. So that's why they're like they they have like a thousand people missing now. Yeah, and I mean after four days, Lahaina is not that big. Yeah, it's small. It's small. So people, so it's, so a lot of stuff is coming, coming out and how the fire hydrants didn't work. Some, at, at some point they were saying, oh, the, the, because the electricity was down, they, there was no pumping of water into the fire hydrants. It didn't make any sense. Uh, you know, there's just all these different things the electricity wasn't shut down early enough. And then some people was like, oh, it's too early. The fact that those wires were supposed to be underground because they always break. Um, the fact that uh, some of the fires are arson, they're not, 
electrical related. And, and the fact that they've, they've had arson many times the last two, three years. And mm. that the mayor actually came out and says, hey, we, have, we know we have a lot of arson and we're going to find them. Well, they didn't find them. Didn't find them. Yeah. Wow. And they were not prepared. That's the thing. Like, I get it if you don't find them, but you shouldn't not be prepared for them. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if you have fire fire truck that can't do anything because you can't plug into anything. So why do you have a fire department if you have a truck that doesn't do it? There were no helicopters. There was no visibility. There was none. It was it was just like it was a like accumulation of incompetence that compounded. It's been compounding for like the last, you know, five, 10 years. And I really hope, I really hope that the worst thing that can happen to this island is that those people that were incompetent get filthy rich. They're gonna, they're gonna get, they're gonna be dumped, they're gonna dump 20 billion on them, and then they're gonna be right in the middle of distributing. You know, they're gonna be like a thousand LLCs created that are shaving 30% of everything. <laughs> you know what's gonna happen. <laughs> if you're at if you're at the at the you know at in the front of 20 billion being distributed, yeah, 30% easy. It's going to be shaved this way. You come this way, we're going to send the rest. Maybe another 20% is going to be taken out. Like as you go down the funnel, probably only about, you know, 20 or 30% is going to make it to the people. Man, thanks for the story. Appreciate yeah. you.